When people visit Montgomery, visit Tuskegee, visit Birmingham, I saw those signs that said white men, colored men, white women, colored women, white waiting, colored waiting. As a young child, I tasted the bitter fruits of segregation and racial discrimination, and I didn't like it. I asked my mother, my father, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, why segregation, why racial discrimination? And they would say, that's the way it is. Don't get in the way, don't get in trouble. But one day in 1955, at the age of 15, in the 10th grade, I heard about Rosa Parks. I heard Dr. King speaking on old radio. The leadership of Dr. King, his words, the action of Rosa Parks inspired me to find a way to get in the way. I got in trouble. It was good trouble. It was necessary trouble. Barbara Lee, Mayor Harris, been getting in trouble. I have the feeling that here today, we're too quiet. We're too quiet. We need to make some noise. We need to find a way to get in the way. We need to find a way to get in good trouble, necessary trouble, if we're going to save America. Okay. It is, I believe, Sunday, July 19th, 2020. How everybody, how's everybody doing? Yeah, I haven't done this in a while, mainly because um, my car was, was out, as always. Yeah, that's the funny thing about Houston. It's just like, you know, a bunch of people who know how to work on cars, but when you actually do need them, they down they they vanished. They they had to do something else and just all I need to do is get another battery so I can figure out why my backlights are on all the damn time. So Oh jeez. And, and plus also yeah, just there were points where I just like I just don't know what the hell else to say anymore. I really, really don't know what to say because it's just like it's just everything. It's just it's just shit show 2020. I have been jotting down notes for the past hour and drinking heavily, and. um Actually, at, at one point, I, I I got so depressed writing notes that I had to go on uh, to YouTube and uh, find uh, the clip of the movie Long Shot where uh, Charlize Theron tells uh, Seth Rogen to, to to hit her from behind and and uh, and, and smack her on the ass. I thought that was thought that was a funny scene. She was funny in hell, as hell in that movie. Just like Charlie Stern, she's more funny as stuff. I haven't seen The Old Guard yet, I know. Just, uh, and there's a lot of good stuff now on, on various streaming services, which I may need to check out. I've seen a Tom Hanks movie. 
on Apple TV Plus, even though I got Apple TV Plus, but I mostly watch that for Central Park because that's a good-ass show. Um, well, let's get into some what the hell I did right. Because, uh, oh, well, I mean, we just opened up with um, the great uh, John Lewis, the uh, the honorable congressman from Georgia's 5th District who died on Friday at the age of 80. That man was the GOAT. Yeah, I'll give a shit what anybody said. I just reviewed the documentary, John Lewis, Good Trouble. Look for that on uh, Crooked Marquee. That dude lived a life goddamn he 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 lived a, a quite an interesting life just like um of course as of this recording uh trump hasn't said anything because he's of course he's a sack of shit and just like why ruin the brand um marco rubio and dan sullivan both republican senators posted photos of them and who they thought were John Lewis, but it turns out it was Congressman Elijah Cummings who died last year. Ah, uh, that's once again Republicans, you know, just doing what Republicans do, just confusing niggas. Just, I mean, all black people look alike to them, so. Yeah, that's the end of that beer. Oh, Jesus Christ. Speaking of Trump, of course, you heard about you know, Trump wanting to make sure all the coronavirus stats go directly through the White House and not the, um, the CDC or World Health Organization. Um, turns out, I just saw this. The Trump administration is trying to block billions of dollars for states to conduct testing and contact tracing in the upcoming coronavirus relief bill. People involved in the talk said Saturday. The administration is also trying to block billions of dollars that GOP senators want to allocate for the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention and billions more for the Pentagon and State Department to address the pandemic at home and abroad, the people said. It's gotten to the point where you just read the shit and just like, you know, of course, just like you. So we, so it's just gotten to the point where you just can't expect um, politicians, especially Republican politicians, to do the goddamn right thing. Just, I mean... I mean, we're, I mean, the country is, is, is kind of just, it's, it's, it's just bad. You know, considering we're still in a pandemic and half the country doesn't want to believe we're in a pandemic. So they're not wearing masks, even though it, you know, the least you can fucking do is wear a mask. People are acting like, oh, you're, you're jumping on my human constitutional rights and all that bullshit. No, we're just asking you to wear a goddamn mask, y'all, so you don't, you know, on the off chance that you might have the coronavirus, you won't infect others, and, and you know, we'll wear a mask, so, you know, we won't infect you, so why the fuck is that the most difficult thing in the world for you to actually do 
just wear a mask and then pulling out all that bullshit about like, oh, the CO2. And I'm like, motherfucker, you failed science in high school. How the fuck you know about anything? <sighs> Shit. See why I didn't want to, as you can see why I didn't want to come back here and just talk on the mic for, for about all this bullshit that makes absolutely no sense to me. Like, when do we politicize keeping ourselves safe so nobody else dies? I mean, I mean, what's the count now? 150,000 lives? Is it up there? It's, I haven't checked, but it's like, I know, I know we've reached 100,000. And meanwhile, other countries across the world are tapering off, even England, where in you know England got um, you know fucking British Trump Boris Johnson, you know they're beginning to get the message and trying to you know keep things down in terms of cases and deaths, and if you and if you look on if you just go online and look at the charts, see if they're taking you know, that they're tapering off here and that you know, I mean Australia, you know Australia, New Zealand, Iceland, you know all these, you know all these countries. They got they got the fucking message, and even when like another you know, breakout happens, they they shut shit down because they don't want people they to get sick. And by the way, I just realized I just I, I was thinking about this a couple of nights ago, just. Uh, you know, just because like the most of the people who have been affected by uh, coronavirus are the elderly, and just like that was the big thing. You know, just uh, you know, oh, you know, that they're they're old people that the 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 not the the non-mask words words were saying like, oh, it's just you know, old people. They you know, they their time to go and everything. No, it wasn't. You literally took away people's time to go. Like, they weren't ready to go yet. Just took it away from them because all y'all are selfish motherfuckers. Just selfish, self-centered, self-serving assholes. That's what this whole thing is all about. Just, just people in power assholes. People who follow them are assholes. Just all this one big asshole cult. And Christopher Nolan actually wants to drop their movie sometime this summer in this place. Are you fucking serious? Everybody's an asshole. <sighs> Go through other shit that I just... Jot it down once again. Just everything is just fucking. Oh, uh, once and also, uh, Chris Wallace uh, previewed his interview with with Trump, in which he fact checked Trump in real time by questioning assertion that Joe Biden wants to abolish the police. And of course, you know, Trump was all up in arms about that. It just Trump is without question the most fascinating motherfucker I've ever seen because just like he literally acts like a wrestling villain 
like you watch wrestling and you see like wrestlers being assholes and just think to yourself, oh, they're just being, I'm, I'm, the correct term is heels. They're being a heel for the entertainment value and all that. And this motherfucker straight up acts like a wrestling heel. And you're like, that's, that's our president. That's the president of the United States acting like motherfucking Bobby the Brain Heenan. Or as, as of course, like as the naysayers just call him back, Bobby the Weasel Heenan or whatever. And just, nigga, why are you like this? What is what the fuck is wrong with you? You are old you're grown ass, old ass man, and you act in this way in the White House, which I'm pretty sure you don't do nothing in. You forcing your daughter to take photos with a can of Goya beans like that does something. Jesus Christ, that whole family is just fuck the hell. Oh, just Okay, let me go back to I keep on forgetting I keep going. I'm just gonna go back to the notes and see it and I just go off of these tangents. I apologize. But uh oh yeah oh Oh, yeah, let's get to some black shit, because a, a lot of crazy black shit has been happening. Um, Azalea Banks says it was her voodoo that got Nick Cannon uh, dismissed uh, from Viacom CBS, because earlier, of course, earlier in the week, he made some allegedly anti-Semitic comments, which is, uh, yeah, just, listen, just, yeah. listen I, I personally, maybe I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't hear him make any cement. I know he made a lot of some, like, some stuff about white people being savages. But if you, like, if you have Pro Professor Griff on your show and you start talking about teachings, teachers of Farrakhan, yeah, shit's gonna, yeah, just, like, you can be black, but just, you know, as, as certain people say, not black, black. But, yeah, so... Well, uh, yeah, this man's because he says some legend. And, and first of all, Zillia Banks, shut the fuck up. I, I still have not listened to your music. Just who the fuck listens to Zelia Banks uh, for her music? Everybody just knows her as a troll, and she cried on Wild and Out because she's just mentally disturbed and everything. So it's just like you know, just get just get the fuck out of the conversation. And and I don't know, just like whatever the fuck. I don't know what the fuck she does during the day. Does she have a, does she have a recording contract? Does she does do anything? I mean, like. Every week, like somebody, like you know, Janae Aiko just dropped like the deluxe version of an album she dropped a month ago. She's always working. Summer Walker's always working. Kehlani's always dropping shit. Like they just out there just dropping singles and whatnot. But what the fuck is she doing? <sighs> okay, what else? Oh yeah, Tamar Braxton is in the hospital for a possibly intentional overdose on Thursday, you know, thoughts and prayers, of course, just God damn it, just hate to see that happen. You know, just the body of Naya Rivera was found. Naya Rivera was used the last of her strength to save her four-year-old son before she died. 
As the the, uh, Ventura County Sheriff said on Monday, she mustered enough energy to get her son back onto the boat, but not enough to save herself, uh, the sheriff said. Body discovered Monday morning at Lake Piru uh, has been identified as the former Glee actress. Yeah, just once again, just that is just, you don't want to see that happen. Um, August Alsina just fucked up the side nigga game for everyone. He had a nice thing going on uh, with uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. And by the way, can I just say, just like the last thing I wanted to deal with right now is Will and Jada's personal life. Like, I just feel creepy about that shit, be honest with you. It's like, I don't give a shit if they are, like, because that's always been the, the rumor for so long that they're swingers and they you know, just have an open relationship and just so the, so the fuck what? They're rich as shit. Their children are famous. Everybody in the family is goddamn famous. They can do whatever the fuck they want to do because that's what famous people do. They can have fucking orgies and sex cults or whatever the hell that famous people do because that's is, is that what that's all about. That's what they're all about, you poor, and you can't do the sex shit that they want to do. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm I I did not watch the Red Door shit where it was just Will and Jada. No, not the Red Door. The Red Table. Sorry, the Red Red Table Talk. I believe that's the name of whatever the fuck that show is, where they were at the table and they were talking about their relationship. It was just like, why the hell you want to watch? Two grown ass people uh, talk about their relationship, which uh, this 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 bullshit ass nigga just just uh, put on blast like that. Because goddamn, when I was I, there, there was there was several tracks on that that August Alcina that new joint he had. I'm just like I don't I haven't listened to it because this nigga just fucked up the side nigga game. Just like every just there, there would have been like a nice little community of side niggas just happy doing side nigga shit, but he fucked it up. So as Charlemagne uh, would say, uh, 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 what uh, August Alcina gets the donkey of the day. <laughs> Where, how, how the fuck that? Fuck up my voice. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. What else? Um, and of course, uh, Kanye uh, wanted to run for president, but then he said, Nah, I'm good. All right. Well, oh, yeah. And if and for those of y'all who've been paying attention to all the shit in Portland, the federal agents facing a growing backlash for their militarized approach to weeks of unrest in Portland were not specifically trained in riot control or mass demonstrations. An internal Department of Homeland Security memo Warned this week, the memo seemingly anticipating future encounters with protesters in other cities as the department follows President Trump's guidance to crack down on unrest, warns moving forward, if this type of response is going to be the norm, specialized training and standardized equipment should be deployed to responding agencies. So, uh, to recap, 
Um, uh, nobody in you know law enforcement knows what the fuck they're doing, which is kind of what people were protesting about. Um, what the, what the fuck is going on? What is going on? Can somebody literally just contact me after they see this? And let me know what's going on. I mean, I don't know who listens to this shit anyway. And uh, it's just... This this year has just been one big clusterfuck after another. And, you know, just... I I knew the year wasn't going to be right when it started with me. Um, I was walking... I was walking down some stairs and like I uh, I dropped my phone and it, it dropped and shit. And um, I, I had to get a new phone. And being the broke ass, the, the perpetually broke ass person that I am, I hope I use perpetual right, but it does a whole other thing. Uh, just, uh, just, you know, it, it, it took a while to get a new phone. And so, yeah, that was like, rent and just asking people for money and just like uh yeah and you know by the way i use perpetual right and uh so um just yeah so i just knew just, i literally came into the year struggling as fuck and i'm thinking oh this this is just this is just this is just brilliant and I was kind of sick a little bit i don't know if it was like my blood pressure or whatever but it it wasn't the rona so yeah, just like, just like that, all that shit kind of notified me that maybe this year ain't gonna be sparkling. So yeah, so just listen, just try to do what you can. Just let you know, you know, do your best. You know, if you're online, let up, let people know that there's some bad shit still going on. They Somehow they still haven't uh, arrested Breonna Taylor's killers, which is that's, yeah, that's something we kind of need. Um, yeah, just, you know, just, you know, continue, continue to fight the good fight in any way you can. Uh, just, you know, stay safe. You know, there, there literally is no reason to go outside. They just you know, all the shit you you need. You can you can stay you know, maybe if you want to, you can order some stuff through Grubhub. But like nothing, nothing's out. Not nothing, nothing, nothing's popping off. Nobody's coming. You know, there's you know, there's no musicians coming to town. Um, as as much as AMC wants to open up movie theaters, that nigga don't go out. I just you know, just I I know. Being inside can be in a be a pain in the ass. You know, go out you know, every once in a while. Just you know, just uh, take a walk, maybe jog. Kind of what I do. Uh, but uh, why? Why the hell you want to go to a club? First of all, why the hell are clubs open? Clubs or bars? Hang with people who you know are sketchy and skanky enough to have this virus. 
Just like if you're in a club during a pandemic, you know a good 35, 45% of the people in there got something. So why the hell would you want to be involved with all that? Just just try to live responsibly because it's, you know, it's your life, and I'm like, I don't know if you're going through some shit, and you're just like, fuck it, I don't care. I'm going to get the virus. I mean, what I just like, I don't do I'm going to cut myself out of the way. But, you know, I'm just trying to be, I'm just trying to be helpful. Helpful, that's what I'm trying to do. I don't know if it's working. I don't know if anybody cares. But just trying to help people out. All right, you know, this is much of a downer as it is. This is the most pessimistic show on the interwebs. This is Everything is Canceled. Well, my mind 
through the night She just want to tip, no advice On the side of the road, what's the risk? Roll the dice, if they catch us, I don't care Cause we all gonna die Yeah, we all gonna die I was worried to be honest, but it's all going right When I first laid eyes, I was awful and tight And I might be off something, but I'm all in now She got a car in now I don't think that you should work tomorrow She said, first of all, I'm still going in Like rich homie Quine, but with you and me, God, man, it feels so intense I already seen that movie, but I will go again with you I got a few I've been tending to But tonight, I forgot all about them Try to get it tonight Hit a phone on my head Like you better do right I'm alone in the bed Yeah, I know what you said Better call with it Don't take me for a joke And I won't get a friend That's trying to be more than that I'm convinced that it's sort of that But when I see you in the pits I can tell you it's forcing that I got time for this Minus the bullshit I'm cool now Look at my common sense And I'm just realizing this Know my soul is in trap But what's holding me back Is the old me in fact I'ma get intact I'ma get it back Mama hold me to that Just, just, just hold me to that Don't stack me on jack Got the city on smack That's word That's where I used to catch 18 all the way to Newburg. It was only me and her, I don't care what you heard. Only me and her, I don't care what you heard. Got a sudden accent, shit, slur a few words. That's virtue, sir. Let me share a few words. Hey, let me share a few words. Feeling unappreciated, let me cherish you first, yeah. This is Everything is Cancelled, a.k.a. Uncle Crizzle's What the Fuck Time. And uh, I am Craig D. Lindsay, a.k.a. Uncle Crizzle, a.k.a. Black Larry David, a.k.a. Anastasia Beaverhausen, a.k.a. Fat Greasy, a.k.a. I don't do shit. I don't go outside. To uh, borrow an Earl Sweatshirt album title. And uh, if you want to, you know, hit me up. You want to, you know, track me down on the interwebs and all that good stuff. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I don't post shit on TikTok, but I'm watching y'all. Um, at Uncle Crizzle. said at U-N-C-L-E-C-R-I-Z-Z-L-E. If you would like to donate to this podcast, and, you know, just, you know, you can donate. I have various um, cash apps, like Cash App, uh, but it'd be nice if you hit me up on paypal.me slash Uncle Crizzle. Yes, paypal.me slash Uncle Crizzle. It'd be nice if you head it over there, because... I need some toilet paper and lactate. And I'm fucking around and kind of like need some. Because <laughs> everybody just you know, bought up toilet paper a few months ago. And now I'm just like just scraping around. I'm just. <laughs> yeah, don't make me just start jacking people for toilet paper. I don't think it'll get to that point. But I just like just give me 
few dollars for toilet paper and stuff like that. But, uh, and um, what else? Oh, yeah, if you want to listen to this show and to this episode and other past episodes, I'm all over the place, like uh, the Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and just Stitcher and all that good stuff. Uh, but you, you, know, you can go over to anchor.fm slash Uncle Crizzle to, to see the library or whatever. Let's get into what I last played. The starting at the top classic Them Changes by Buddy Miles back from the Them Changes album. Yeah, so that's, that's a classic rock funk classic from Buddy Miles uh, going back in the day, way, way back in the day. And after that was uh, My Petition by Jill Scott from her second album, uh, Beautifully Human, uh, Words and Sounds, Volume 2. I believe like this, yeah, I'm recording this right now, and this is going to drop the same weekend when uh, her first album, who was Jill Scott, uh, came out uh, 20 years ago, which is an excellent album, but just like I thought, I've been meaning to play that. I said, if I ever get back in town and uh, if, if in town, like I've been somewhere. But if I ever get back in the studio and uh, record this stuff again, I'll, I'll play that track. Cause I, and also, you know, I, you know, that happened when uh, the uh, Jill Scott Erica Badu versus happened, which I don't know if you saw that. That was that was amazing. <laughs> Actually, you know, the most amazing thing about it is that it went really well. Now, now like two, three times, Babyface. And Teddy Riley did their verses, but it just, but it that that went well. It was, a, it was a good Saturday night seeing those two sisters just play track after track and stuff. I'm just like, just like I was, I was loving it. And after that, that was uh, uh Jack Harlow, uh, you know, of, of what's popping fame, uh, with Bryson Tiller with uh through the night, uh, sampling a little bit of Usher right there. I think that's from Jack Harlow's uh, Confetti EP. Dropped a, an EP called Confetti. I guess, guess what that is. But uh, yeah, I just I enjoyed that track. I, so not every day you hear Bryson rap, so I just thought I'd play that right now. Uh, but yeah, so I guess it's time to get into the guest, which I recorded a a very you know, long time ago. Like you say, a couple months. But I but I've been meaning to drop it right now. So. Fuck it, I'll just play it now. Alright, let's let's do this. This call is now being recorded. Uh no, I'm 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 not grumpy this morning. Uh <laughs> just yeah. Just I am just like I'm it's Monday. And um but um let's see if we can do that again. Um, wait, I'll just play intro that. Um, hey, uh, yes, I'm here on the phone talking with, uh, this week's guest and, uh, she is, uh, she is a librarian at the, uh, is it Sam Markle's public librarian? Yeah, that's right. And, uh, she's also an author and, uh, she, uh, I figured she'd be a good person to talk to about uh, literature. 
during these pandemic times. Uh, yeah, we also went to high school together. Uh, so Jennifer, goodbye. Uh, Kabe. Bay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Frank. Oh, uh, welcome to, uh, everything is canceled. Thank you, Craig. I appreciate that. Okay. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, because I've been uh, meaning to talk to you in some capacity because, um, um, you know, cause during this uh, pandemic, I live here, of course, in Houston, and a lot of, well, really all the public libraries have been shut down. They've been shut down for a while now. I even have a book that's out, and I can't return it because all the book drops have been like boarded up, and oh, wow. uh, just just like that's how much like the public library doesn't want anything to happen. But uh, you, with I, you know, I've been following you on the on the media's, and uh, you have uh, been going down to the. Uh, San Marcos Public Library every day, um, you know, just, yeah, you, you also have a procedure that you do, like, before, I guess, when you get there, you want to explain that? Yeah, and well, I first want to say that, um, you know, libraries across the nation have tackled this very differently. It was an unpopular decision to stay open. Um, I'm part of some um, online library groups, and there was a lot of controversy on whether or not libraries should still remain open and provide materials to the public. And that decision was largely left up to city management and library directors. Um, I have to say that the San Marcos local leadership has been excellent during this whole crisis, and I feel like, um, unlike national leadership, that we are actually in pretty good hands. And it was our um, local decision to stay open and take proper precautions to still provide materials to the public. And I'm so glad we did. Um, my hours got cut because, you know, there are budget issues right now, you know, um, with so many people struggling financially, um, you know, so we had to, like, slim back our hours, cut a few services. So I'm, I don't go every single day, but um, I'm – I'm actually busier in the few days a week that I do go in there. Um, mm -hmm. And our, you know, the entire work life has changed. So everything that used to be done is now done differently um, because we're not having to take, you know, quarantine precautions. So basically what it looks like is that the building is closed to the public, but we are still providing materials and services through front porch pickup. So essential library services, i.e. checking out books, checking out movies, um, magazines, whatever, can still be done. And if people need um, things printed for them, like government documents, tax forms, whatever, 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 we are still doing that um, while keeping, you know, a distance, a germ-free germ distance from the public. And so um, our book drops are open. People um, can bring back their, their books, drop them in the side of the building. We collect them with gloves, um, or somebody collects them with gloves every morning. They go to a quarantine table. There's, um, there's four quarantine tables on the go at all times, and the books are left there for four days untouched because the research was done that I, – I, I don't know the biology behind it, but it was determined that if you left them alone – the virus couldn't 
thrive or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and after four days, those items are checked in. Um, we're not charging any late fees right now. So, you mm-hmm. know, fines are out the window. So people can not worry about that because it's a silly thing to worry about during a pandemic. Um, and God bless the people who still call the library saying, I have my dollar fine to pay. Can I pay it? And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're fine. Um, and then, you know, just from home, people can call in the library, put books on hold or do it online. And we get the books from the shelf and bring them out to them. It's pretty simple and it's working. Um, what I'm finding, and it makes me really, really happy, is that people are reading more right now. And I would have thought that more movies would go out, but actually it, people have been reading more. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've also been reading interesting things. So it's not just like the popular bestsellers that are going out. It's like classics, a lot of nonfiction, a lot of educational materials about virus and virology and pandemics, history books, stuff like that. And I just feel like people are feeding their brains right now, which is kind of awesome, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see the little video I made the other day? Uh, no. Wait, what was it? I, a couple of days ago, I I made, I made a little video called The Life of a Hold, like a book hold. And um, it's on my Facebook page. You can check it out. It's kind of mm-hmm. very low tech, but my heart's in it. So you might appreciate that. It shows kind of some behind the scenes footage of what happens when you put a book on hold. Except for some awesome music. You can guess who. But anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's but, uh, kind of it. Yeah, but what, what have been... Um the I guess popular titles. What what ha, what have been the most notable uh, genres or you know, books that have uh, people have been requesting? Honestly, there's there's no answer to that. I I can tell you for sure that the reading public reads across the board. I mean, there is mm-hmm. the, the the New York Times bestseller is always have crazy amounts of holes. I mean, that stuff's just, you know, normal. But again, like I said, lots of people are, like, reading the classics right now. I've seen a lot of classics go out. Um, by classics, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Three Musketeers, all the way, Jane Austen, Dickens, Vonnegut, stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of crisis fiction has gone out. I've seen a lot of, you know, um, uh, pandemic, contagion, uh, end of days, you know, global emergency type fiction go out. Um, mm-hmm. uh, who's that author that did uh, Jurassic Park? Oh, Michael Brighton. That's the one. Thank you. Lots of his stuff mm-hmm. has gone out. Um, so poetry, essay, I mean, literally, oh, a lot of crafting and home home education, art, cooking books have gone out like literally I can't pinpoint that one thing has been um the most popular I think that people are thinking you know are are giving time to the things that matter to them and there's a book out there for literally everything and because people have time for it literally all these random books are getting checked out and it's kind of awesome to see so that answers your question yeah I just uh I just want to go back, like, who, like, who are the people that were really on the, you know, uh, you know, the side that this really shouldn't happen? I mean, was there, like, any, uh, any groups of people that didn't think this was a, 
even a good idea to keep the uh, library open? Um, I don't really know. Um, there were some initial concerns back, you know, like a month and change ago. We weren't really too certain about, you know, the path of the virus or what it was going to look like at this point in time. So there was some, we have a lot of older people on our staff who were legitimately concerned about, you know, germs and, mm-hmm. you know, what would happen if, you know, there, there was lots of legitimate concerns. And so some people um, during, some staff members during this time have worked from home. Um, you know, they, our, our leadership, our director made it very clear, you know, we could use sick time and they would work with everybody to to make sure everybody felt comfortable and safe working. Um, it's been handled very, very well. Um, if there were people that were opposing on at a high, high level, I wouldn't know that. I know that right now there's a push to reopen full. And, and we we personally have – I personally have concerns about that, like just reopening the building. Um, because my argument is that we are already effectively providing services. Like fundamental library services, we are effectively doing that right now in our current model. Um, I don't think we should do it forever, but right now they're still talking about we haven't even reached the peak yet. Um, so I just don't see the point of reopening while there's all this uncertainty. I know neighboring libraries have reopened their doors and are just doing full service. But, you know, like I said, every library is following their own rules, to, you know, as determined by their leadership. So. Well, I didn't see your video on Facebook, but I did see not too long ago that uh, you went on Facebook Live and you were talking about uh, setting up some sort of book club and just like we're just mm-hmm. like having you know people you know you read something and then just like you pass along to the people. They got, yeah. I suggested a, a Carl Hyacin because you like you want light reading and you didn't think Carl Hyacin was light reading. So, <laughs> I uh, don't. I, that is light, I, yeah, right to me. But, uh, but I just seeing just like, are you like a, you know, person that usually, uh, I don't know how often you read books in your time, but just like you person that, uh, likes to, uh, pass along, uh, suggestions yeah. and, uh, uh yeah. books. So, yeah. All of that. Yes to all of that. I, I do run, um, in addition to my own personal book club, I, I there's a I run a professional one at the library called Jennifer's Book Chat, and people have really been missing that. And so I was asked to um, help run the San Marcos Public Library's virtual book club, which, by the way, is open to the world at large. Um, and basically, we just get together and talk about books and discuss books and post pictures of books that we're reading and post ratings and warnings and recommendations. And if you're a big old literature nerd like me, it's totally enthralling. Um, I just, I really argue that, you know, especially to the people who say they, they don't like reading or they hate reading or they, I, I would just really say to those people that you're just not reading the right thing. I truly believe there is something out there for everybody. It doesn't have to be fiction. 
Um, like a lot of kids who say they hate reading love graphic novels or comic mm-hmm. books. And that's, that's reading. That is well, reading. And I, and I get irritated well, well, when parents say that that's not reading. It is. Well, that's, that's the thing. Cause like people, like, you know, there, people have, there have been many people in the past that, that say that, you know, the whole graphic novel comic book thing doesn't necessarily count as literature. And just and, and just seeing how how you feel, how you feel about those things. A picture is a sentence. A picture mm-hmm. is a sentence, and in a different way, that picture creates a different type of spark in your mind. So instead of the, the author telling you, you know, the tree was brown or whatever. You know, you have a picture of the tree, and that creates a different response in you. And you still get a string of images that creates a story, and it still is a little—it's still a little literary meal for your brain. You know, mm-hmm. um, people. Some people refuse to read fiction, and they like nonfiction. They like manuals and how-to's, or or whatever. That's reading too. But the act mm-hmm. of putting your eyes on something, on paper or something electronic, and reading information that pleases you is reading. Do you know what I mean? I think people associate reading with academia, and it's not that way. And I, I think one of the reasons I'm so passionate about my book clubs is because I, I see the joy it brings people, and I see the joy it brings people to share what they're excited about. And for that reason, I don't ever – tell people my book clubs that I run I we never read the same thing like you know book clubs everybody's like well let's read Oprah's latest pick no no I I never do that I think it's more exciting and fun to put a topic out there and then let people pick what they want within that topic you know Mm -hmm. um it and then people can come forward and post their findings and then you've got you know 10 or 20 different books to learn about as opposed to let's all talk about what we thought about this one single book that one person picked for us. That's kind of lame, I think, but that's just my opinion. Book clubs in general are a good thing. I mean, that that's just that's just how I like to run mine, and it is working because I have all of these people now from all over different walks who are coming together and sharing something positive right now, something healthy, you know. Yeah. And it's free. It's free. It costs nothing. You know, and I just yeah. so I, if it comes across as, as me being passionate about it, I think that's a compliment. And when you called me the keeper of literature, you made me very happy. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think about Reese Witherspoon's book club? Does she have a book club around? She does, and I'm I'm kind of <laughs> I think she started this just so she could produce movies and cast herself in them. Because <laughs> like the last three books that she's hosted she's made a show out of which um whatever i've seen two of them and they've both been excellent but i mean she i think it's kind of cheeky to cast yourself in all of them you know yeah but i mean if a celebrity uses their power to make people read i think ultimately that's a good thing yeah uh i used to have a book club a long time ago really when uh, back when I lived in Raleigh, uh, it was uh, it was like it was Uncle Crizzle's, uh big ass book club, men, 
And uh, well, they, it wasn't necessarily four men. I just uh, I just re- decided one day that you know there are a lot of book clubs out there, but they're usually uh, geared towards female authors. Nothing wrong with that, but I figured yeah, they're they're male authors too. So for a long time, for for a while there, um, me and a lot of my friends, they were also female. We would meet up in bars and. Uh, we would discuss um, books written by men. You know, I think like, that's you know, awesome. Like kind of like you know Hunter S. Thompson, of course, the first one, Fear and Loathing, Las Vegas, and then we did, you know, that other stuff like Tom Wolfe's The, the Right Stuff, um, Philip Roth's oh. Court Noise Complaint. All um, of my favorite books are written by men. Yeah, so it's just like I just thought it was a. I thought was, you know, some people got the joke, some people didn't, and but it's just like um, just a time to read books sometimes, and just like just have different, you know, just like a different collection of men, not not in just just one specific genre, but we did fiction, nonfiction. I think we did a graphic novel or two there here and there, so. Yeah, I think that sounds awesome. That's kind of my personal, like my social private book club, which we haven't met since like December or something. Um, uh, we do that. We we do something different each time, all different genres, and we meet in, at a bar or a restaurant and talk about it. It's, and I miss it so much. Um, but we were talking about meeting in the cemetery here in town and sitting six feet apart and discussing our last mm-hmm. books, which we probably won't even remember. I finished that book back in January, but whatever. No, your book club sounds awesome. You can, you probably could start one up again. No, you I join the, the San Marcos. Uh, you can join ours. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, just uh, I've, I've dipped in the book clubs here and there. I mean, uh, back when I lived in Raleigh, there was like the uh, there was uh, the Museum of uh, yeah, the NC Museum of Art had a. Had a book club, and that's where I read like a couple of things, like like Octavia Butler and everything. So, oh, but uh, yeah, so yeah, just, uh, but that's the thing with me, because like um, when I was uh, growing up, uh, and Bobby, you know this as, as much as anybody. I think mm-hmm. I was very much into uh, just uh, writing and uh, and reading, and uh, it, it got to the point where um, like I. I, I I had aspirations. I wanted to do like book criticism, like uh, James Wolcott and uh, Grail Marcus used to do back in the day. So I started uh, contributing uh, book reviews to the Houston Chronicle, mm-hmm. and I actually started doing that again. Yeah. And I just had me thinking: is that was was has that ever been something that uh, you delved in uh, reviewing books since you appear to read a lot of them? You know, I don't super love reviewing books, and I can't really tell you why. As an author, I feel like it's a little bit hypocritical because our reviews are so important. I always rate the books that I read on Goodreads. Like, I I live by star ratings. But as far as, like, doing a little narrative, you know, recap of what I just read, I don't typically do that. I've started to do that because of the San Marcos Public Library's Virtual Book Club, because I ask other people to do it, so then I kind of have to do it. But I don't know. I feel like 
I don't know. I feel like a star review is just information enough and maybe a sentence or two saying basically what it's about. But there are people who get on there and like recap the whole bloody thing. And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't want to read all that. Just tell me if you thought it was good or not, you know? <laughs> well, I, well, I, well, I think, well, oh, for, if, for, for, if you're a good book, critic or a literary critic you, you know you don't talk you just don't recap the book you just like talk about what you got from it and what you you know if you know of the writer's previous work and how much how does that play into uh that writer's whole um bibliography right and just like is this some yeah because yeah that's that's usually you know the best Best literary critics are the ones who don't just tell you what the book is and, and just and just go off. This they just tell you so much more. Yeah, like I was actually thinking about that because the book that I'm reading now, I'm gonna have to talk about it on my, you know, on the on the book club's page. And the the biggest thing I can say about it is how it's making me feel. You know, mm-hmm. like the the most remarkable thing about it is how. You know when you open up a book and, like, you're, like, sucked to another place? Like, you're in it. Mm-hmm. You're in that world. For the first time in a long time, I'm feeling that, and I'm, like, surrounded by the words and the atmosphere of the book as opposed to just observing from a reading distance. And it's been a long time mm-hmm. since I've read a book like that. And that's – so I'm thinking about talking about that as opposed to what it's actually about because, um, in a way, I think that's more important. Um so can you tell us can you tell us what that book is yeah um i'm only 130 pages in but it's called the house and the cerulean sea by tj clune and Mm -hmm. um the current book club challenge was to is sorry is to read a book with um the word house or home or any synonym for domicile in the title Mm-hmm. Okay, so any book on the planet with house, home, attic, flat, apartment, whatever in the title, you can pick. And I chose The House in the Cerulean Sea. And on the cover, and this is a new book, on the cover it says, this book is very close to perfect. And that was that was a quote by a well-known author. And that's very enticing to me. Like, that's a big freaking promise for a book to be close to perfect. And I was like, all right. Let's see. And this is also labeled science fiction, which I normally do not touch with a 10-foot pole. And I definitely would not even call this science fiction. I'd call it more fantasy. But it is very, very strong. Like, again, just 100 and so pages in, and it's like I'm sucked in this world. Um, We're sitting at a solid 4.55 stars right now. We'll see where it goes. But, um, But it's making me feel a very certain way. It's like a little literary whimsical hug um, as opposed to just, you know, reading a book and reading Once Upon a Time and you're just kind of observing from a safe distance. It's like I'm literally in the world with them, which I think is a credit to the author. But we'll see. I'll report back. Uh, Are you keeping up with your writing? No, I'm not. Um, this is a sore subject for me. Um, I, for some reason, I haven't been able to write during this mm-hmm. quarantine. 
Um, and I've been very hard on myself about that because it's like I have all this time. So why am I not using it? But for some reason, that's just not where my brain is right now. And I can't, you as a writer, and I think any writer knows, you can't force it. I mean, you can. You can sit down and turn out some sentences and say, look, I wrote some sentences, but it doesn't mean they're worth anything, you know? Mm-hmm. I It's it's hard for me. Um, so I, But the muse has been, I mean, I'm sure you've seen, I've been making recreations and kind of pouring myself into visual art which is a healthy mm-hmm. outlet for my creativity. Um, and I feel satisfied with those in the same way that I feel satisfied when I write well. So I figure, or maybe I'm, well, I plus, what I'm Well, I'm just saying, like, plus you have a family. I uh, do. That's, I'll play, in, play into you have to, you know, you know, take care of them and everything. So. I do, but they, they've been here. I mean, that hasn't changed. I wrote Minder with a family. You know, yeah. uh, I I just, for some reason, the muse is not with me for that, my manuscript at the moment. Um, I have it and I tinker with it and it is marinating because I do, I am working on another novel. It's marinating. It's there. I'm already 60,000 words in, so I'm like halfway done. But I just, it's not where my brain is right now. I can't make it happen. But I can tell you that I think about it constantly, so I just have to trust that it's marinating, you know, and that when I mm-hmm. sit down and it's the right time that I'll just turn it out. That's mm-hmm. what I'm telling myself you, anyway. Well, do you feel that maybe because of the current situation that we're all in? I mean, a lot of people don't feel don't uh, don't really feel the uh, urge to do a lot, especially that you know most you know most sensible people are at home. Yeah. Uh, but just like the, the, the environment in general, uh, these are very dire times and that, you, I mean, you might, there's, there's a possibility that you may feel uh, almost like there's like, what's the point of it all if all this, um, <clears throat> if all this bad shit is going on? You mean in terms of like my writing? Like, what's the point of no, doing no, it? Is that no, what you're no, yeah. Well, what's the well, what's the point of doing it in terms of just we're living in a, in a goddamn pandemic? So it's just yeah. like it's just you get this you get this sense of uh, uh, uh you know just just I'm just I'm losing the words right now, but just like just like it's not so much depressed, just like just um, defeatism. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Like, what is the point of going through it if it's just like, yeah. I mean, honestly, Craig, I if it was what I wanted to do, I would do it. I do what I want to do, and I do what makes me feel good. And right now, mm-hmm. um, you know, the things that are making me feel good are cooking and visual art and making silly movies about my library. Um, you know, I get the same. It's still a creative outlet. And, you know, I, I think if it makes you feel good, you should do it. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have a sense of, like, what's the point? You know, I'll do what makes me feel good so I can get through this thing. Um, I, I, I have found that I'm a naturally positive person. I mean, I knew that, mm-hmm. but you don't really know who you are until pushed, you know. 
Some people are doing really, really well with this downtime and others are suffering cruelly. And I find that for myself, I do what I have to do to stay mentally sound. And for me, that has taken the form of reading, cooking, um, visual arts, um, telling other people what to read. <laughs> um, and that's how I'm getting through it. And I know other people are getting through it in other ways, too. Some people, like, people are gardening. My husband has taken a freaking jackhammer to this house and is remodeling, which is driving me absolutely crazy. But that's his form of dealing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody's just doing what they can to stay sane. Mm-hmm. Um, and that looks different for everybody. Um, and I'm just grateful that my professional life and what I enjoy doing coincide, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, it would be interesting to see you do uh, more uh, posts on your website again, considering, like, uh, I went through it and uh, uh, you talk about a lot of things that happen in your life, uh, like the time you went to a, a, a vagina steaming party. <laughs> That was awesome. I'm glad you read that. Man, um, I mean, you, anything, anything you want, you know, tell people about, you know, since uh, your experiences at the vagina steaming party? <laughs> no, there's nothing I can share now that I did not explain in full on that blog entry. Um, what I do want to – this is funny. So my daughter had a little friend over here. Mm-hmm. Um, last week, and this little girl uh, comes from a very conservative family, and she saw the steaming chair that my husband built for me for Christmas, and she asked what it was, and I was like, "That's a vagina steaming chair." And she's and and Sophia, my daughter, was like, "Oh God, Mom, stop!" And I'm like, "What?" And I I was like, "It's not sexual. It is not sexual." which people need to stop associating nudity with sexuality and sin and all that crap. You know what I mean? Like, it's a very, I just talk. And so anyway, long story short, I explained what it was to this little girl who's, you know, teenager. And she's like, I want to do it. And I was like, I don't think your parents would uh, let you do that. This little girl's not even allowed to dye her hair. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I was like, oh, God, here, here it is. So I went downstairs and I texted her mom and I kind of told her what the deal was. And I, and because if she went home and said, oh, there's a vagina steaming chair at the Barnett's house, like she'd never be allowed over here again, right? Without mm-hmm. me explaining a little bit. So anyway, I sent the mom the blog entry, what happened at a vagina steaming party. And she thankfully, to her credit, laughed. And she's like, gosh, I never get to invited to parties like that. Yeah. But, you know, I, I just, here it is, Craig. I, I like to talk about things that are taboo and talk about them and explain them in a pragmatic, no-nonsense way so that people are educated a little bit and rumors and myths are dispelled, like about ghosts, you know, about yeah. spirituality, about, you know, vagina steaming. I mean, I when I was invited to that thing, I was like, hell no, I am not doing that because I had misconceptions about what that was going to look like. And it was nothing like I thought it was going to be. And I got educated. And as a result of my awesome experience, I wrote about it. Um, and honestly, 
I would like to have a nice ghosty experience to write about again, but I haven't had one lately. Because mm. um, I don't, I can't, I, I'm very, I only write about that stuff as it happens. Um, yeah. The local jail, the old jail here in San Marcos, it's closed down, but it's supposedly haunted. The owner wants me to go out and vibe it out. Or maybe I could take her up on that. Do a little video in there. But if people want you to go to, to jail to, to see if there's ghosts. Yeah, people people still reach out and want me to vibe out their houses. Um, obviously not mm-hmm. right now, but the owner of the of that historical building has reached out to me a few times and asked me to go out, and I just keep putting it off because there's no electricity in there, and I don't want to be too hot or too cold. So. And also, if it is haunted, there's nowhere for me to recharge my phone or my my gear. So that's another reason I'm kind of putting it off. But that gives me uh, Well, I guess uh, we, you know, we can delve into that real briefly because, like, you know, as, as it says on your website, you're a writer, a traveler, and a reluctant psychic. And I just mm-hmm. mean, when did that part of the life get in there and when he decide, hey – I could make a living off it. I could <laughs> become known for it or whatnot. That is inadvertently what I did become known for. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't make money off of my psychic work because I don't charge for it. I charge for Reiki sessions, but only very little. And I only, um, but I, I don't charge people to go out to their houses and help them out because. I don't want any blurred lines for my motivations, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I want people to trust what I'm saying and believe what I'm saying. And so I don't want there to be any misinterpretation of my motivations there. One day that might change, but for right now, you know, I only write about those things as they happen. So it's totally and above board legit. When When did you know you had this? Uh, ability. Oh my God, this is a very deep and long conversation. Um, I I started to get the reins on it in my twenties. Stuff that happened my whole entire life, and you can go back to my blog and read about that. Like the very first entry on my blog is about that. And in my twenties, you know, I think moving into this house and having all the creepy stuff that happened in this house kind of brought a lot of stuff to surface and I started to make sense of stuff that had happened. Um, And on my blog, I kind of document the most memorable experiences from my childhood coupled with some like kind of recent stuff. Um, But I just realized that there was a lot of interest in that area. You know, there's so much interest in um, supernatural phenomena and metaphysics, and there's not a lot of people that can talk about that stuff without sounding super weird or woo-woo, you know. And so I really try to be a person that talks about it in an educated way, in a pragmatic way, um, because it's it's legit. You know, and I don't have all the answers, but I I do try to talk about things in such a way that opens up people's minds to possibility. Because it's not all black and white, is it? Mm -hmm. You know. 
And my experiences I mean, what, are – sorry, go ahead. I, I just seen, like, would you call yourself a clairvoyance of some sort? Just like... uh, I don't call myself that yet, but, yeah, I mean, I am, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so you're basically uh, Kate Blanchett and the gift. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen that in a long time, but yeah, okay. I'm trying to. Uh, but I mean, if you're asking me, do I see dead people? Sometimes. <laughs> do uh, well, do they well, walk well, among us? Yes. Go ahead. Well, well, what's what's that shit like? We we see the where you see the dead people at? Where's Well, let me just say that we are deviating from our original topic a great deal, but I will. No, it's cool. Um, what does it look like to see dead people? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Well, yeah, just yeah. Just, they look a lot of different ways. They they mm-hmm. look a lot of different ways. They look – I've seen um, – the most clear apparition I have ever seen was um, my sister-in-law's father who passed, who was – I saw him just sitting in a chair by the bed next to his grandson, just sitting there. And I, I – just he was sitting there, like, and I was like, holy – there's a – and I, like, shaking my husband to wake up and look and then he disappeared but I, I stared at him for you know a good little healthy chunk of time so sometimes they present like that sometimes they present like sparkles like bright flashes of light sometimes um it's just a fleeting glimpse sometimes it's you don't see them at all but you know that they're right there like you can feel them standing right next to you um they present lots of different ways so, and I have no control over it. Like these people, these mediums that go out in the street and they're like, you know, like these Teresa Caputo type people, John Edwards, like snap their fingers and just make the conjures. I cannot do that. It, I don't mm-hmm. have control over it. It just happens when it happens. So. How how old is the daughter now? My daughter is 14. 14. And, uh, yeah, just. I just have you thinking you're you're the daughter of a teenage girl now, and like, do you do you see a lot of what you were as a teenager in your uh, your daughter these days? I see more of my. She's a lot stronger than I was. Um, she she's a lot more sure of herself than I was at that age. Mm-hmm. Um. She got the best of my husband and I, and she's, uh, you know, she's, she's, what we do have in common is that I always, if there was something I wanted, I went for it. I didn't wait mm-hmm. for people to do it for me. I figured out a way and I did the thing. She's the same mm-hmm. way, um, with a little bit less regard to rules. I was always a rule follower. She's less so, so. You know, I think she's going to be just fine. I see more of myself and my son who, you know, in high school, very insecure. Um, really? Did not, did not know his worth. Did not yeah. recognize his worth. And I think that's a normal teenage thing. Um, mm. But some kids 
shine earlier than others and whatever. Um, mm -hmm. But lockdown with teenagers is no joke, I'll tell you. Of, of course. Yeah. I, I would not know, but it's just like I can I can only imagine. It's, it's uh, yeah, I don't, it's no joke. My grocery bill has quadrupled. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just seeing how, how do you uh, keep these, uh, keep these damn kids entertained and off your back? You ain't doing any, any mob trickery? No, the only, you know, between the internet and Xbox and Netflix and YouTube, they're pretty, you know, self-entertained. Um, I do require, the, the one thing I know that I'm doing right, right now, is that I make them leave the house for 30 minutes a day and go outside. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, go exercise, go sweat, go walk. I don't care what you do, just leave. Leave the house, go. Yeah. And I make them do that. And I also, after dinner every single night, I make, we, we sit down as a family and we read for 30 mm -hmm. minutes. We set a timer, we read. And it's the one, those are the two things I know that I'm doing right. Otherwise, I am, you know, it's kind of a free-for-all in this house. Yeah. What are the kids usually, uh, what, are the, what are the kids reading to? Um, Harvey is reading um, the second Hunger Games. I think it's Mockingjay or Catching Fire. Catching Fire. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, Sophia is reading a young adult novel called Poet X. Mm -hmm. um, Christopher is reading a um, fantasy novel, and I am reading The House in the Cerulean Sea. And I, I say to them, you can read whatever you want. You pick your book. Yeah. Or I will pick it for you. So they have the illusion well, of control. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we head off, I don't know, just we're seeing if you had any suggestions for books that people could read during this time, whenever the hell this is going to end. Just like, just what, what, what have piqued your interest that you would like to pass along to people? Um, I, okay, I have read some gems in the last couple years, and I'll, I'll just read, I'll, the best titles I have read are, um, Shadow of the Wind by Carlos Ruiz Zafon, that's Z-A-F-O-N, it's a Spanish mm -hmm. author, um, mm -hmm. The Heart's Invisible Furies by John Boyne. B O Y N E. Um, a Gentleman in Moscow by Amor Toles, T O W L E S. Um, what else? Um, the Brief and Wondrous Life of Oscar Wow by Juno Diaz. Uh -huh. those, those are a couple of titles that have really stuck with me. Um, I, just, uh, yeah. I just saying, one are you still fucking with Diaz after you know? Um, Say that again. What? Stuff. You still fucking with Diaz after all this stuff? I don't know if you look heard it. Like oh, there, man. you know, during that that whole Me Too avalanche, there was like he was he, he was swept up in that. 
that's you know that's another whole podcast about controversial reads. I don't like being told what to read, and I'm not going to boycott an author um, because of their personal life. I'm just not. I'm going to read what I want to read. Um, yeah. So I love that book. It won the Pulitzer, and I can see why. Yeah. I didn't want to like it because I'll tell you I didn't want to like it because I heard he was a jerk. But the book yeah. was excellent, and it's separate from him. It's like, am I going to stop? Woody, I'm not going to stop watching Woody Allen movies. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to run out and buy his biography, but I'm not going to stop watching his movies. Mm-hmm. So that's just the kind of consumer I am. Like, don't tell me what to do, yeah. please. Ah, <laughs> uh, so. yes. Okay. Um, well, uh, thanks. Uh, thanks for. Uh, uh, taking part in this and uh, just yeah, where can people um, contact you on the medias? Where can people reach out to you to uh, see like the further exploits of uh, a librarian writer? I can call it that whole thing. Um, Instagram at Jacob A J K A B A Y. Um. That's it. My blog is, or my website is jacobay.com. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't written anything recently, but I promise you if something exciting happens, I will. Um, hey, Craig, did you read my short story called Thoughts and Prayers? Uh, no, I haven't read that one yet. Okay. Because that was the last read one you did. Yeah, read that one. Read yeah. that one. It was inspired. It was inspired by a stalker that I had. Really, I needed uh, to pour that poison somewhere. <laughs> so anyway, read that and then watch that little video I made about the the, the life of a hold. It's I'll, I'll tag you on it on Facebook. Okay. Well, uh, well, thanks for uh, the heads up on everything and just uh, good luck uh, over there. And uh, you, you have a good one. All right, Craig. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye. All right. That was uh, me and Jennifer Gabay talking about books and all the wild stuff that's happened in her life. Uh, just appreciate her uh, taking the time to talk to me. Um. So yeah, that's that's it for everything is canceled for this installment, and just hopefully. I'll do more in the future. I don't know what the hell's going on, but uh, just let me let me see if I can close this out uh, with some uh, <laughs> Vic Mensa and uh, Fonte Coleman on the uh, Prince tip, uh, doing some. Uh, let me see if I can get this going right here, and uh, just uh, yeah. All right, yeah, doing some. Uh, 80s era Paisley Park stuff here. This is uh, Sing Me a Lullaby from the Sherman Showcase uh, Black History Month Spectacular album. Until then, this is Craig D. Lindsay saying, uh, Sarah Huckabee, you, me, and some Grandy's cinnamon rolls. Let's do this. Sleep without the 
the side of you right next to me Don't want no one, don't wanna count no sheep So Side of you right next to me. Side of 